This week's podcast brought to you by Guy Trips. Merry Christmas, everybody. One more time. No. <laughs> Has no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Here we are recording a podcast on, a, on another, yet another snow day. Yet another snow day. This is almost three weeks in a row, isn't it, that we've uh, recorded our podcast on a snow day? I think day. so. Last, last winter, the snow days were always on Mondays. This year, it's Tuesday. Last no, this week, year, it's was... still Mondays or and Tuesdays, yeah. We're recording this on a Tuesday. There was a snow day last week. I was out of town. I was in London uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I was uh, traveling overnight on Monday, and I, some night I was over. Then I slept horribly all the, all the while, short time I was over there. I did get a a text alert that uh, school was delayed by two hours, and I felt an immediate pang of guilt that I was away and you were home um, with all four of them on a on a half snow day. It went. It the house ran relatively smoothly um, without you here, but only because we had a lot of help driving, carpooling, my dad involved driving the kids around. Did it run um, more smoothly than than when I am here? Uh, maybe sometimes. <laughs> The one thing that ran more smoothly, and I would text you about it, um, was I had all the kids in bed a half hour earlier than when you're here. And um, there was a little bit of a new Sheriff Lobo in town because everybody was in bed half hour early, gen- earlier, generally asleep a half hour earlier. Our son, who um, you normally put to bed, and you guys read together and watch videos together. And we don't. We, we don't watch together. videos together. That's 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 a, a scurrilous rumor that has gone around okay, the well, girls' uh, bedrooms. But we don't watch videos. We sometimes we used to watch Dude Perfect videos, or or like he would want to see the the one hundred greatest uh, punt returns or something, and we would watch those. But well, he, he but we mostly just read now. He couldn't wait for you to get home because um, those are all things that he'll remember when he's older. When he wanted he, the old sheriff back. What, oh, he big time wanted the old sheriff back because the new sheriff, when we went in, granted a half hour earlier than he had been going to bed, I brought him to bed. I sat with him. We said prayers. And then I said, all right, good night. <laughs> Go to sleep. And I would leave his room and I and, and I would check on him 10 minutes later and he'd be asleep. So he was clearly tired, but either he was tired or he just realized there was no fun to be had with nighttime mama. The new sheriff <laughs> is no fun. The new sheriff was zero fun. But I tell you what, when the kids were getting up in the morning, it was a lot easier to wake them for school. They were more pleasant. They were more well rested. But yeah. The new sheriff this well, is the no fun sheriff. That bedtime ritual for him is also part of my bedtime ritual. And so I, I, I slept horribly. I, I, I barely slept while I was over there. I flew over on a Monday night, didn't sleep on the overnight flight, was up all day Tuesday, arriving at 7.30 a.m. I couldn't check into my hotel room till mid-afternoon. And, and shortly after I did, I, I had to go cover a nighttime event um, that I'll write about at some point for Sports Illustrated. I don't want to talk about it now. But um, so as a result, I got back to my room at midnight, having been up for about 36 hours. And the perverse perversity of that is, and granted, I was in a wheelbarrow-shaped bed um, on in the hotel, was five stories above 
Uh, What's a wheelbarrow shaped bed? Like 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 you know collapsing from all sides in the middle. Oh, like, like you're a sleeping bad in the wheelbarrow. Bed. Yeah, I yeah. gotcha. And um, and there are a lot of sirens and horns. And it was the same hotel that I had stayed in in Mayfair a year ago over the summer with our two older girls and your your dad. And I was sharing a room with our two older girls. And at one point, um, our now thirteen year old said to me. Are they having some kind of a honk off out right. there? Right. And um, so that didn't help. But I think a big part of it was I also need the reading to our son. I also need to watch uh, the 30 most outrageous corner kicks, um, you know, to to help me fall asleep. What I did have, what the ritual that I did bring from home was uh, I got five dice and played transatlantic Yahtzee with our 13-year-old where I would just – I would. We were, I was FaceTiming her from uh, Logan Airport um, while playing Yahtzee, but but I, w- I would roll the dice in um, in London, fill out the card, and then I would take a screenshot of it, send it to her, and then she would, when she had time, she would play out, and we would see who won. So you obviously weren't alternating turns; you would just fill in your entire card. I wasn't and alternating. Send it yeah, to her. yeah, that would have yeah. been. Uh, it would have been tedious. Tedious. Um, but um, but I, I will say this, and I, and I came home a couple of days early, and I. I Texted you that I was coming home a couple. I was able to come home a couple of days early on Friday rather than Sunday, and you didn't seem overjoyed, which is understandable. <laughs> I was happy you were coming home. You were kind of getting into a groove without me. And um, the other thing is, I'm not sure I saw the sun for more than an hour while I was over there. It's certainly, the sun hadn't been out here. I drove to Logan in a sideways rain. I drove home from Logan, you know, another 90 minutes or so in a sideways rain. And all the while I was over there, it was dark. It was raining. There was one morning where the sun came out, um, even though it was still quite wet. But the Christmas lights and the holiday lights and all of the uh, festive illuminations in London are really uh, a, a joy. And I've been there once. I've been there before in the wintertime. I've been there once before in December leading up to Christmas, and um, it really is beautiful. And I posted a picture of uh, the Fortnum & Mason uh, department store uh, lit up red as an ad. All the windows were were dressed up like an advent calendar, and it was it's uh, it's pretty spectacular. You came home. You're talking about the decorations in London. You came home on Friday. We had added some decorations out around the house. We got some poinsettias, um, and it was a little bit more festive. But uh, the kids wanted to wait for you to get home to decorate the Christmas tree. So you got home on Friday uh, afternoon, uh, and so Friday evening we all got went into the living room and started decorating the Christmas tree. The exceptionally narrow, tall and skinny tree. And skinny tree. It, it, it's, it's a beautiful tree, but it's tall and skinny. It's a tree that personifies its owners. <laughs> right. It's not it doesn't have scoliosis like trees in the past. It's um, it's, it's losing its hair. <laughs> it really does look like its owners now that you say that. But I forgot that it's impossible for all six of us to be in a room doing something without bickering and fighting and nonsense and so even as we're trying to put the put the uh, ornaments on the tree we end up with you know one of the stocking holders falling and breaking the kids you know bickering with one another and um i don't know if that's how it was with you 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 had one more or two more kids in your family than we did um but our, when I was a kid, like decorating a tree, I don't remember being a bicker fest. You don't remember anything from your growing up being a bicker fest. And I don't think everything, it was. everything in my family was, um, not in a bad way. It was just it was it was a survival of the fittest. Everything was, uh, you know, uh, trying to a zero sum game. If if that guy 
if there were three cookies, I want the three of them so that they can have none. We assembled our tree. We've talked about this before. We assembled our tree. We had a fake tree that we kept in a box under the stairs and in the basement. And um, so that was a ritual that we all did together. But even now, among our kids, they want to be the one to place the ornament on top. They want to place this ornament there and that ornament here and move somebody who put it there up to a higher branch or whatever it is. So it's the same as being the first in and out of the car to be the one who gets the last crescent roll. It's why should Christmas trees be any different? Well, it just, um, gosh, it tries my patience, especially especially this time of year. But and, yet, and yet when I'm alone in the hotel room, and you don't suffer this, and you travel more than I do, um, I, I miss it. I always say I want the nicotine, the version of the nicotine patch that just feeds kind of chaos and anxiety into your system rather than nicotine because when I'm away, it's too quiet, even if it's a honk-off, and um, you know nobody asking me, nobody calling my name. It, it, it's... Uh, I feel it like a phantom limb. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. I, I think maybe because when I go, when you, if you travel, your trips tend to be a little bit longer. When I travel, I'm gone for, at the most, usually two nights at a time, one full day, which is pretty busy. So when I have a moment of peace and quiet, I enjoy that moment of peace and quiet because it's not going to be, you know, five days worth of peace and quiet. That might end up being a bit too much. But you and I are against the wall because how many days until Christmas? It's well, just as we about record this, it's, it's eight days, but I can never figure out, is that eight shopping days? Christmas doesn't count as a shopping day. So it's Christmas Eve. It's, I mean, it's, a, it's a week, basically. Like everybody else, because Thanksgiving was late, you and I, I mean, I, I don't remember ever being this far behind in terms of preparing for Christmas and, and Christmas presents since we've had children than, and that, than we are this year. And that's saying something because we're always behind. Yeah, I mean, but not like this. Not like what I feel like, gosh, there's under a week left, as, as was the case three days ago. And it was, we've got 10 days until Christmas, 11 days until Christmas, and I have not bought a single gift for three of the children and my husband. I had not bought a single thing. and um, Well, don't get anything for me. Well, okay. But I do need well, was to get I, things Was, was I them. when you were referring to your husband? Was and that when me? I say, and when I say I have not bought a single thing for three of our children, that means they have – those three no, children that, that, don't that, have anything. And you know, you know that isn't true. Okay. This year, I went this to, year when, you did. When yes. I was in London, I went yes. to Hamley's, the world's greatest, largest toy store. Yes. Five, six, seven stories, whatever it is. Uh, it's, a, it's an incredible place. It's a Willy Wonka factory. It's what FAO Schwartz used to be like in, in New York. But uh, the in our kitchen where we have the uh, wooden blocks with the numbers on them, and each morning one of our children, usually our youngest, delightedly changes it. So the countdown continues, you know, however many days until Christmas, 16, 15, 14, and they get more excited and more excited as the number gets lower. And I just get more stressed yeah, and more stressed. Inverse dread. It's like, uh, yes. it's like the number of days until your execution. Yes, totally. And, uh, and anyway, and, and, I just, and, I, I need to get to that place. I need to, to get to the place where I, I have enough gifts and I can just or at least have one gift for each child so I can relax a little bit and enjoy the true meaning. In of keeping Christmas. with that, every every gift that arrives at our door or every Christmas card that arrives at our door is is a silent rebuke to us too because we haven't done Christmas cards. We haven't ordered them, we haven't made them, we haven't sent them out obviously if we haven't even ordered them. So when we get Christmas cards and we don't reciprocate 
everybody who sent us a card thinks, oh, they've dropped us from their list, or or God forbid we get cards now and send them out and they arrive, you know, January second, they think, oh, we weren't on their list when they got our card, they put us on their list. Um, just as this afternoon before we started recording this, UPS rang the door, navigated the icy streets that are the reason schools are closed, and uh, delivered like a five-pound box of Florida grapefruit and oranges from my brother and sister-in-law in Florida. And what have we gotten them? Nothing. Nothing. Uh, they're probably used to it at this point, but they always send a thoughtful present every year. One of our neighbors put on our doorstep yesterday. Yesterday, yeah. Like a mason jar full of... Mason jar full of... Um, ingredients to make blondies you just had to add you know the egg and the and the butter so and brownies the, and the vanilla um like the blondie brownies and it was m&ms were in the jar anyway super thoughtful gift we made them today it was a perfect snow day kind of a thing to do and um and we've gotten her nothing <laughs> i've gotten her nothing yeah it's terrible i'm i i Maybe I don't usually make New Year's resolutions. Maybe that'll be my New Year's resolution is next year to be better at Christmas time. There's, there's no <laughs> to, way it's going to happen. To get cards out, to get gifts out to family members, to be a better Christmas holiday neighbor, um, something like that. Well, we did have the joy, the Christmas joy uh, last night of the kids' holiday Christmas pageant lessons and carols. You know, the the bathrobed wise men and the Burger King crowns, the the boxes of frankincense Kleenex boxes wrapped in Reynolds wrap, that kind of Christmas pageant only now. Of course, um, the school has upped its game and has kind of uh, theatrical costumes for all of these kids, including our own uh, eighth grader, the tallest kid in in the school, who was, this is two in a row now for our, our graduating eighth graders, was the Christmas star. Yes. Holding a star and a long stick which uh, I hope we can go four for four with that, with our kids uh, in the Christmas pageant. Yeah, I think they tend to make the tallest kid the star, so I have a feeling we will uh, will easily be able to go she, four for four. She was literally the star of the show, so that's that's good. And um, But I kind of liked, you know, the Burger King crowns when I was a kid and the, the, the fuzzy slippers and, um, you know, the, the, the magi appearing to have just gotten out of or were just going into the shower. <laughs> did you have that? You didn't have that. You went to public no, school. I went to public school. So the only thing we did around Christmas time, I played saxophone in the band. So we would have the band Christmas concert where a couple of the songs would be Christmas specific songs, not just holiday songs. But yeah, we didn't do um, any kind of a pageant. And even at the church where I went, where I went to CCD and stuff, they didn't do any kind of a, a Christmas pageant. Well, speaking of Christmas pageants and Christmas performances, I, I I should have said this at the top of the show, but if you if you have no interest in this nonsense and want to skip forward, please do. But please stay tuned at the end of the podcast for a brand new, to us anyway, and to you, Christmas song from Tom, Dick, and Harry. I've I've listened to it. I really like it. It's um it's a little more rock and roll than some of their previous hits. What would you call their previous hits? Soft rock, kind of mellow gold? Yeah, I think so. I think mellow gold. This might be a little more hard-hitting platinum. You described it to me earlier as as, as rockin', and, and I kind of uh, was amused by that because rockin' to me sounds like a, you know, a Bill Haley and the Comets rock around the clock or Dick Clark's rockin' New Year's Eve, it's a term that uh, the kids may not use anymore. But, of course, we're not kids, so it, fire away. <laughs> I didn't describe it as rockin'. I was about to describe it as rock and roll, oh. but you interrupted me after the and. So I was well, like, rockin'. Wrong. 
and then you jumped in. No one describes things as rocking. Well, it, so. it reminded me of the song Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree. Yeah, no, Which is totally. probably from the, the 50s or 40s or something. I don't, I don't know. but um, You'll appreciate this. And people and who listen to our podcast, who um, some of the early days listeners to the podcast when we've talked about gift giving, our youngest was talking about making bracelets, you know, whether it was rainbow loom bracelets or friendship bracelets made out of string. And um, she was talking to me about making one for me for Christmas and about colors and stuff. And she said, she said, maybe for a not surprise gift like dad does. Well, tell me the colors so I can make you something for a not surprise gift like dad does. Meaning dad gives you <laughs> gifts that aren't surprises? Well, where you tell someone what you want and then they give it to you. What you so do is not surprise gift. you tell me what you want. I do. What you really, really want. Right. And, I, and I get it for you. Right. And, and it's a not surprise gift. And, according to our daughter. And you don't which, like surprise gifts or surprises. No, I would love surprise gifts, but you you usually just It's, it's simply not true. We, we, we're not going to go down this road again, but of course, any surprise gift you have usually not opened or <laughs> opened and, and discarded immediately. Okay, well, I just, I'm only bringing it up because I love the way she described it. Maybe I can make it for a, as a not surprise gift like dad does, that's all. <laughs> so if anyone's out there thinking about getting someone a not surprise gift... For a not um, surprise party where you hop out of a closet party. and say, not surprise, <laughs> right. then knock yourself out. Yes. Well, uh, you know, I, I forgot to mention when, when I was talking about being in London and not seeing the sun. Did I talk about not seeing the sun when, when, when I was there? It was it, it was out for maybe an hour one morning while I was there. The rest of the time it rained, but the Christmas lights were beautiful and all that. Um, how seasonal affective disorder, you know, is, is a real thing. And... It has not been sunny here for some time. Am I wrong? We had a beautiful sunny day while you were gone. Okay, but well, no, I didn't. We have not had yeah. we have not had a lot of sunny days the last week or so. And does it does it bum you out? I yes, it does a little bit. Um, I know it's a biological, physiological fact, but yeah, of course. I um, you know, I wouldn't say that the the bad weather bums me up, bums me out as much as no. good weather just energizes yeah. me. I mean, I, I enjoy rain sometimes, and I enjoy cloudy days and all that, but, but not like 11 in a row day. of them, no. Yeah. Which is why someday, and I hope you will join me, I will live in a sunny, a place where it's usually sunny. Okay. You, you don't, you're not feeling the... Um, We've had this conversation before. It's more important to me to be around... Hopefully, at some point, our children will have their own, and we will be grandparents. And it's more important for me to be around my grandchildren, even if it's in a rainy, gloomy place, than it is to be playing golf. But it, I've said it's okay. Don't say anything about playing golf. Well, or or just being in a sunny in a sunny spot. So we'll figure this all out. We have a lot of time between now and then, sweetheart. To, uh, you, believe me. To to figure to, out to, to enjoy the uh, to enjoy the, the gloom the, the uh, grayscale. <laughs> environment in which we but thrive but i'm okay if if you know if it ends up being that we just ship you somewhere sunny for a couple weeks at a time maybe you can just you just install back. like growth lights on me or something and and uh, or put me in one of those uh, same kind of <laughs> uh, 
stainless steel warming trays that that you get like uh, hors d'oeuvre meatballs in at a at a <laughs> hotel that? conference room kind of luncheon. Don't you think it's a sign of a healthy relationship and a healthy marriage if the if the 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 husband and wife don't always have to be together. They don't always to, have to be um, living together in the same to, to time find, zone. Of course to not. To find their joy, it's okay for like a guy to want to go on a guy's trip, and even if he's going on a guy's trip by himself, just with him in the that, sun, that, that I would just think be that's okay. that would just be a guy trip. <laughs> if I were to just a, go away by myself, yeah. If, if you're on a guy trip because you want to be in a sunnier climate, and I think that's that's healthy. That whatever we can whatever exist Rebecca, whatever happened own. to Steve, we don't see him anymore, or he's on a permanent <laughs> guy trip. To someplace sunny. <laughs> I, I I really do think that's a sign of a very healthy marriage. I think I think not only is it a sign of a very healthy relationship, it's 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 the very definition of a non relationship. That's not true. Your relationship to one another is is what? He lives in a sunny you, place and I live in a gloomy place. No, you respect one another's independence and and when you're together, you enjoy the heck out of each other's company, but you also understand that sometimes, as my mother said, like a couple days before she passed away, and I was trying to spend time with her, and she said to me, Beck, I love you very much, but sometimes I just need a little time to myself. She said that just before passing just away? Just before passing away. I think I've told this story. That should this that, is, that that is my new uh, <laughs> headstone, what I want on my on my headstone. This was my mom. I love you all very much, <laughs> but I need a little time to myself my now. My mother was, um, she, she probably, this was probably within two or three days of her passing away. And, um, and she was at home and I was there and... It was going to be there for a few hours, and then um, I mean, and a lot I, of people were visiting at that. I was time. going to spend the night, and then one of my siblings was going to come, and and then the other sibling was going to come. We were going to make sure that um, my dad always had one of us there, um, you know, in her last few days. And I remember saying to her mom, "You know, I'm going to be leaving in a couple hours, but uh, Jason's coming, and then Rachel's coming." And and yes, her words to me were, "Sweetheart, I love you all very much, but sometimes I need a little time to myself." <laughs> Man, are you are you ever? <laughs> I mean, it it was unbelievable to me at the time, and I just remember there was no part of my feelings that were hurt because I just knew my mother, and I was like, you know what? Even as the woman is dying and only has so many minutes to spend with us, she still needs some time to herself. Becca, a little bit of you goes a long way. <laughs> And so that's what I'm saying. I understand that a little bit of me goes a long way. So as we get further along in our marriage, if you need to take your guy trip, to, permanent to guy warm, trip, warm, and I, that'll give me some time to have some time to myself. Just let me know. <laughs> Just tell me while I, when I'm in my uh, deathbed, and and so, you're don't you need time to yourself, Steve? No, you, you you will be saying that, and you will know what you will do is you will take my uh, my uh, trembling hand. <laughs> In yours, and you will say, Steve, I think it's time for your guy trip. <laughs> Do you see the bright light yet? <laughs> that's that's the heat lamp we had installed to make you imagine that you're living in a sunny place. Oh. I'm going to segue from... Uh, from the time to yourself to um, to a, a little bit of a pet peeve of mine, and this happened to me last week. It was while you were in London. I was going to pick up our daughter at school, our daughter and her friend, to bring them home from school. And I'm on my way, and um, 
all of a sudden I get to a spot where there's a detour and, you know, a big orange detour sign. And even though I know this area really well, the, the road it was sending me down on the detour, I, I'm not all that familiar with. And uh, anyway, so I, I follow the detour, which is going to make me late to pick up our daughter. And then it just kind of burps me out onto a uh, onto a main road. And while I knew where I was, I kept driving and there was never another detour sign. Like if there was somebody who wasn't from the area who got sent on this detour, th- there was no way to get you back. Like it's not really a detour if they don't navigate you around and get you back on the road that you need to be on. It's more just like a turn here and then make all the guesses you want or or we're not going to get you back to where you need to go. Like, doesn't that defeat the purpose of a detour if you don't finish the detour? It's when the signs abandon you. And it happens not just on roads. It happens in airports where there's a sign to the restrooms this way and then you go down that hall and then you have to make a left or a right and the signs have abandoned you. Yeah, there's no more information. It, that doesn't count. It doesn't, like, there's got to be a definition of a detour that where it returns you to where you need to go. But again, fortunately, I was in an area that I'm familiar with, but I have had it happen to me when I've been on it's the road as well. And then you're kind of stuck. I mean, you, you try to put it in your GPS, but your GPS doesn't know there's a detour. So it just wants you to U-turn and go back to the but road that you can't travel on anyway. When you take a detour, you are rerouted. And as you're saying, as you said the word detour in my head, I picture the word detour and it's an anagram of routed. There's a long, deadly silence here while you, you either I, are just, trying no, to picture if that's that true or you couldn't what, care less. What interests, is, interests me about that is you say, as I picture that word in my head. Like when I said the word, I said it, but I didn't picture it in my head. Like when you say words in your brain, do you all of a sudden then see the letters? Well, there are too many words to picture them all in your brain, but know, sometimes but it's sometimes. an interesting word, detour. You know, today school was canceled because of freezing rain, what they now call a wintry mix, but we used to call... Sleet, I guess. Yeah. And uh, and to my uh, spine-shivering uh, annoyance on local TV in the Twin Cities anyway, they would call snizzle, snizzle. a snow and drizzle kind of a combination, which I, I never, that word, something about that word kind of gives me the willies, snizzle. They never used that word in yeah, no, I, I, I was a I, kid. I, you're lucky. But I, I wondered what the what what sleet if sleet was like snizzle was it a um, was it a combination of words you know to form an, a new one and it's not it's from do you care about this I do it's from uh, of Germanic origin probably related to Middle Low German sloten plural plural for hail sleet from sloten German for hail so when I when there's a word that stands out in a sentence or in a paragraph, like Detour did, or Sleet, I'd like to know where it came from, or I no. picture it in my head and I kind of turn it around. So. Right, no, and I, I'm, I'm only saying that in the, in the way that it's interesting because most people don't do that. Most people's don't, brains don't look, work like that. Most people don't picture a word in their head, and it interests me that you do. And, and, um, and when I and do it that... Makes, like, and it's, it's one of the reasons you write the way you do and you speak the way you do is because you think, I think, very differently and, than most. And when I think that way and, and speak that way, does it make you want to expedite my guy trip <laughs> and extend it no, when I take no, it? No, it doesn't at all. Oh. I find it really interesting because I don't think that way. And I'm interested in how different people think. Well, shall we get to viewer mail? 
Yeah, I want to leave time for. Uh, I want to leave room. Is that what you said? At Starbucks, you leave room. What do you say when you want room for cream and sugar? Uh, extra room. Extra room. I want no leave, sugar, just cream. But I want to yes. leave extra room for the sugar and cream that is Tom, Dick, and Harry at the Perfect. end of the show. So um, let's 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 get the viewer mail, shall we? Big bad book, throw our lure, reel us in with your viewer mail. First viewer mail comes into uh, ballandchainpod at gmail.com from Kate. Kate writes, I look forward to your podcast every week. Enjoy your stories of sports and family life. I'm a lifelong, I'm a longtime basketball fan and appreciate Rebecca's coverage of women's games. I am fascinated by your description of jumpers. I live in the Midwest and think of jumpers as girls or women's sleeveless dresses worn over a blouse or turtleneck, like what girls wear as parochial school uniforms. In fact, what our girls have worn as parochial school uniforms, right, Rebecca? Yep. We also call those jumpers, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, a one-piece outfit with legs would be called a jumpsuit around here, meaning in the Midwest. But that's what you also refer to as a jumper. as jumpers on previous yes. podcasts, right? Yes. So I how can both of those things be the same thing? That's a good question. I think the reason we refer to them as jumpers instead of jumpsuits, at least the ones that I was wearing, was they were sleeveless. And even though you didn't wear them over something, I, think, I would think more of a jumpsuit is... Um, long sleeve or a little bit more businessy these are sleeveless jumpers and and maybe i'm using the wrong term but i don't think so i think that's what they're called at least right <laughs> right now you don't wear anything un- under them of you know other than your bra of course um but yeah they're jumpers this is from db uh to ball and chain pot at gmail.com i was at i was at georgetown hoya saxa in the early 90s and we had a hypnotist come to school whose name was tom deluca we were talking about hypnotism mm-hmm. hypnotizing of puppets on a previous podcast mm-hmm. that remains the hardest i've ever laughed in my whole life one of my roommates went on stage and due to a complicated series of events ended up with the nickname magenta t for his whole four years <laughs> too bad rebecca missed it big fan of stingray afternoons pss my wife is friends with sarah ron who you know rebecca yeah, Sarah's a good friend of mine from UConn. Great field hockey player. Teresa, the critter sitter, writes, Hello, Rebecca and Steve. I was amused about the Jessie story from last week. She stole the utensil you were using to cook with. Yes, in fact, she stole the wooden spoon that we were using to stir, I believe it was, pasta sauce. As a resident pet sitter, I can tell you that dogs love two things. They really like sticks, and they love food even more. You gave her the ultimate gift, which was a stick with food flavoring. I could tell you to be cautious when you're cooking with the dog around, but I think a kitchen utensil safe might be in order. Right next to the bacon safe. Rebecca needs a bacon safe to protect bacon from you, and you need a safe to protect your cooking utensils from Jesse. I really do enjoy the podcast being more spontaneous than being overly prepped. Well, then you'll have no issue with this one. I was going to warn you about the voluntary recall of White Castle frozen food products due to the possibility of listeria. Yes, a few people have called this to my attention. Oh, it's it's. I was just looking at our yeah. ball and chain Twitter feed, and it's uh, a lot of people. It occurred to me that if you had bought some of your favorite sliders, you would have already eaten them. Well, uh, Teresa, you are correct there. Uh, they don't last long when I get them. They're usually consumed within hours of purchase. Sometimes in the car ride home, even though they're frozen, I need to be microwaved. That part's not true. That part's not true. Although I did hear, it does say on frozen pizzas, you know, the Paul Newman frozen pizzas that we get, it says uh, the instructions, remove from box and do not eat frozen. Right. Well, I was listening to uh, a rerun of, uh, I think it was a Fresh Air interview on NPR with the comedian Wanda Sykes, mm-hmm. the actress and comedian. And she had previously worked in the National Security Agency. And she talked about how she be- went from that job. She didn't want to do it for the rest of her life and went to an open mic night. And she was talking about her early act. And her early act had a joke about 
those car shades that you put in the windshield that look like sunglasses, yeah. the big piece of cardboard to mm-hmm. keep the sun off uh, from. And she said uh, she noticed that there were directions on the car shade, uh, one of which was remove before driving. <laughs> because. <laughs> Come on, really? Presumably necessitated when somebody sued them for driving down the highway with their car shade sunglasses oh in the windshield gosh. still. So. Anyway, finally, it was good to hear some good Holly Rose stories from last weekend as well. Happy holidays from TR, the Critter Sitters. Happy holidays to you, TR. Ed in Maryland writes, I enjoyed your last podcast and was interested to hear Coach A's comments on coaching young people today and Rebecca's experience with the young barista. What was your experience with the young barista? Remember when, when she oh, put extra in room. the extra yes, room and I asked her to put a little extra coffee? She got offended as well, if I was that's, correcting that's her. That's why he writes. So... I recently saw the following article about how a seemingly neutral term could be interpreted by a young person negatively, and he links to a New York Times story about the phrases OK and KK. In short, OK may be construed as a passive-aggressive attack, and I've read this article. Some young people, if you were to reply to an email with OK, would take that as a passive-aggressive, eye-rolling, can't-you-do-this-yourself kind of response, and the preferred response in that instance is KK, or as the author of the story put it, she will write OK with an exclamation mark to let them know that everything is, is hunky-dory. Did you know this, that, that OK was in some context kind of a passive-aggressive response, or, or worse, the single letter K? No, I didn't. Well, and now you know. Now I know, but really, <laughs> I mean... I was. I already said I was super friendly to the girl. Can you? And I don't think I said okay. I certainly didn't say KK. Um, no, no, KK would have been better. Right. An okay exclamation mark would have been better. Right. Instead, I was the human who said, um, "Can you? Can you please right. add a little right. extra coffee to this?" I am having a really hard time. Let's not um, relitigate the, no, the extra room. No, I know. I'm just Starbucks. having a really hard time with um, people's feelings. Get tougher, darn it! Just toughen up, like. I mean, we need to live in a more compassionate world. I agree with that. And we need to be more caring and loving and all of that. But at the same time, we need to be a little bit, a little bit less sensitive. Like, toughen up. Please. I, it's, it's, I'm uh, just having, Are you still speaking to the audience or is this directly at this me is, now? No, this is just, I'm speaking it into the, the air. To speaking it into reality. Wherever it's going to go. Yes. Just like toughen up a little bit, people. Come on. Okay. This is also your your Merry your, Christmas. This is this is also your uh, instructions to me on my deathbed. <laughs> just before Toughen I take up, my darn just it. before I take my guy trip yes. into uh, eternity. Just before you take your guy trip, I'm going to tell you to suck it up, toughen up. Um, Our friend Mark no. Simon uh, writes, uh, "Hi, Mr. and Mrs. Rushbow, or Mrs. and Mr. Lotion. L O dash S H I N. Mr. Mr. Lotion." That doesn't sound like a very... <laughs> that doesn't seem right. <laughs> it certainly sounds a little skeevy, doesn't it? Mr. Lotion? There's probably stores where you can buy something called, called Mr. Mr. Lotion. Lotion. It's, uh, he's the uh, partner of Mr. Bubbles, I think. The uh, the bath detergent. <laughs> who used yeah. to go to his death down an echoing drain, remember? Okay, so, just read. <laughs> as someone trained to be highly detail-oriented, and Mark is, of course, in the... Um, analytics game sometimes i notice odd things and get curious about them and then i feel like i have to ask rebecca i've noticed that on almost every show at least once a show you describe something using the word can you guess what that word would be rebecca let me guess um delightful delightful you are correct yeah you have not seen this email no i'm across the room from you looking at a laptop i I do know i use that word a lot on the i think you used it on you you mentioned on this podcast that you were delighted about something i think okay 
which is a good word. It'd be better than, you know, miserable. But I wish I'd written out what you described in that matter, but I suppose you'll just have to trust me on it. I have nothing against the word or your use of it. I just found it interesting that it comes up so often and was wondering, since you're both wordsmiths and storytellers, what are your favorite descriptive words? And is there anything behind the regular use of delightful? You know what's interesting? The word I use also be interesting. Oh, I think I use the I, I know I use the word delightful frequently on the podcast. I don't think I use it in real life in other parts of life because I guess in other parts of life I'm not describing things a lot. But um, and in other parts of life be, you're not you're not performing for people who well, want no. you to think that you oh, find everything please. delightful. Because That's not true. I do. I want to delight in things in life. You want I, to delight I, I in things. I want to delight in things. So if something is delightful, that's a good thing. Well, absolutely, it's a good thing. Clearly, I'm clearly not delighting in how some people get super sensitive about little insignificant things. I don't find that delightful. But no, Mark's right. I use that word a lot. I think a word that I've used in the podcast a lot that I probably don't in real life is lovely. Lovely. Have you used yeah. that a lot in the podcast? You I don't think, use that I, at all in real I, life. I, no, I don't use it all in real life. I Although, because except of you hear it a lot. You hear a lot. You hear it a lot more in the UK. And I, maybe I was just there. And I, I'm not one of these these uh, people who comes back, I almost said wankers, but then that would have disproven my point, who comes back using slang from wherever they've just come from. Um, In in much the same way that I don't like to come back from Norway wearing the Norwegian fisherman sweater or come back from Japan in a a kimono. But but there are people who do that. There are some wives who wish their husbands would use the word lovely more often. I thought you were going to say- Oh, sweetheart, you look lovely. I thought you were going to say, projecting onto other people, that there are some wives who wish their husbands would come back in a kimono. Going like the business speak, full kimono. Yeah, f- open kimono open, is the business uh, open kimono, yes. no, yes. I, 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 Hopefully it is also full. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas again. Yes. Okay, what's the next uh, one? <laughs> the next one comes from Rachel, just thanking us for a signed copy of Knights in White Castle and the magnet for my Mustang. And then there's photos uh, of... Um, we of don't often have people thanking us for a magnet for their beautiful Mustang. Beautiful blue... Mustang. I can't tell the vintage of this Mustang, but it is looks like a '60s era gorgeous Ford Mustang with that with that um, badge on the back, and next to it, the less gorgeous but uh, still iconic ball and chain podcast logo magnet. So nice. thank you, Rachel. I'm glad the the signed book arrived. And if uh, anybody wants a signed book, it may be getting late for Christmas arrival. But uh, again, well, just drop an email. When you were gone, I went to the post office, which has been kind of your task recently, and. Uh, and all, all of a sudden they brought from the back like six boxes or envelopes. And I was like, what the heck are all of, is all of this? And I realized, ah, these are all books that people are sending so that you can sign them. Yeah, so, for yeah. people who don't know, the system has basically been, I've got some books here. I sign them and send them out when you send in a request. And they just ask that you send me replacement copies for those books so that I can continue this this process. And those books go to our PO box. And I'm sure much to the chagrin or anti-delight of the post office people. The books then pile up in their back room until we go to the post uh, office. It's a pretty efficient process and the people get their books pretty quickly. And it's kind of an honor system that has worked 100% as far as I know. Yeah, so if anybody wants signed books, make sure you uh, send an email to just to ballandchainpod at gmail.com. Good morning from your resident dog mom slash volleyball rules expert, writes Michelle. I just wanted to let you know that my family book club is enjoying Stingray Afternoons. Well, thank you very much, Michelle. We've read through chapter six so far. We're reading three chapters per week. This is especially true for me and my sister, Laura, who's 10 years older than me, since we feel like we've lived many of the stories. Here are a few observations. One, Latoff Chevrolet. Now, for people who don't know, Latoff Chevrolet was, I think, the longest serving Chevrolet dealership when it finally closed its doors in the last decade or so. And it's where we got our butterscotch colored Chevy Impala station wagon when I was 
little and still living in suburban Chicago in Arlington Heights, Illinois. And with that Chevy Impala butterscotch station wagon, we got a yardstick, a free yardstick from Ladoff Chevrolet. And my mom then used that to whack us on the rear end while chasing us around when we were kids in Bloomington, Minnesota. We still she would there. whack you on the rear end with a yardstick that you got when you purchased your family's station wagon. At Ladoff Chevrolet. So anyway, <laughs> one, Ladoff Chevrolet, writes Michelle, which as you know was responsible for the family car and the infamous ruler, was about a mile from my second childhood home. We moved from a neighboring suburb to Arlington Heights when I was in fourth grade. I used to pass the dealership when I biked home from my Catholic school, which brings me to an illustration on how life is so different now compared to when we grew up. Steve, you're 11 months older than me. My parents wanted me to stay at our old Catholic school slash church, which was about five miles away, instead of the Catholic school less than half a mile from our new house. As I got into sixth grade, they would allow me to bike home from school in the spring. So they would drive me and my bike to school in the morning. We owned a greenhouse flower shop that had a delivery van, so that was easy. And I would then bike home in the afternoon, five miles. I learned side streets to stay off main roads. I passed Ladoff Chevrolet on a semi-side street. I will note it wasn't a Stingray bike, but it was a Schwinn 10-speed. But imagine that. Who would let their daughter bike alone that distance in suburban Chicago today and without a helmet? I think you know the answer is nobody. Right. Two, Laura and I felt the same about the, f- same about the fact of having five siblings wasn't abnormal because of being in Catholic school. Now, I wrote that so many of my classmates had six, seven, eight siblings. Uh, it was totally normal. Our dentist, writes Laura, uh, writes uh, Michelle, and his wife had 12 kids. They attended the same school. She also had a set of neighborhood friends and school friends. I don't know if you had that, Rebecca. I had my friends at school and then my friends in the neighborhood because my friends in the neighborhood, with only a couple of exceptions, didn't go to the Catholic school. So well, I you my... know, I didn't really live in a neighborhood, so I had one friend on the street. But, yeah, that's true. She wasn't in the same grade, so I had my neighborhood friend and then my friends So your, your friends were divided between your, your friend yes. and, and friends. your imaginary friends at home. Yeah. Finally, but most important, we felt we were reading stories about our father who passed away 10 years ago. We could imagine him standing at that Weber grill and telling jokes and stories like your dad did. Mom agreed on that point. Um, thank you thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you for reading it with your family book club. And I really appreciate that. Rebecca, Michelle, wants to make one point about bacon and dogs. I cook bacon every once in a while on a griddle, she writes. I keep the grease until that night or the next morning. I warm it up and pour it on the dog's food and mix it up. Maybe about three or four tablespoons for each of my five dogs. They love it. I learned this in childhood with our family dog. It might be an old wives' tale, but it's supposed to make their coats shiny. So if you ever want to break out the cast iron pan, you could kill two birds with one stone. Iron for the family and grease for your dog. Perfect. That's another great country song. Yes, it is. And beer for my horses. I hope your family has or has had a great Christmas, Happy New Year, and best wishes in 2020. Michelle, thank you, Michelle. Thank you, everybody who has listened this year. Beck, do you have anything uh, to add to this uh, pre-holiday, this holiday season yeah, this podcast? this is what I'm going to add. I hope everyone has a delightful Christmas. A and delightful, a lovely New Year. A delightful holiday, whatever holiday you're celebrating. I hope it's delightful, especially Mark. I hope yours is delightful. And um, a great New Year. And our Christmas present to you right now is... Well, but before you, oh, before you say well, before that, we, we need to thank producer Denny Gallagher for oh, all of us. Well, excellent Young work. Denny Gallagher, thank you. And, and I also want to say, I just want to offer a holiday blessing to people, and they, they can roll with us into the new year, because we're not going to do a podcast next week on Christmas Day. We're not going to have one drop on Christmas Day. We're going to give young Denny the day off and, and uh, give our, our well time to refill. But I want people to live a life that is so full that in their final breaths they can tell their loved ones I could use some me time right now alright on that note let's listen to Tom, Dick and Harry not play us out 
but let's listen to a lovely Christmas tune. And I reach out my hand to the family of man to share the joy I feel at Christmas time. Christmas star. 